Hello and welcome to How to Adult. My name is Simone and this is a place where I hope that I can reassure you that no one really knows how to adult and that no matter what age you are, you don't already need to have your shit figured out. So why am I saying that? I had a quarter-life crisis about a year ago and I felt like as I was approaching 25, I should already have my shit together. But I was nowhere near that. And I felt like I was alone in feeling this. After quite some time of suppressing this and finally talking to someone, I realised that I wasn't. And I feel like if I'd just known that someone else was feeling the way that I did, I might not have felt quite so alone. And also not letting it go on for quite as long as it did before I did something about it. So I decided to make this podcast on my journey to overcoming the quarter-life crisis, where I'll be talking to people about their journeys and hoping that I can start figuring out mine. So if you even feel remotely similar, you can start following along on your journey and discover something with me. And if not, good for you. But stay tuned because there are some very interesting stories. This episode is a summary of what I was feeling and what I've learned through talking to people so far. Enjoy! So the quarter-life crisis. I didn't even know what this was that long ago, but now I've realised it hit me big time. And I didn't understand why at 25, I didn't even feel close to working out what I wanted to do with my life. Before talking to people, I was just very lost. And it seemed to me that everyone else my age wasn't. There were people my age getting mortgages. Some people had very adult jobs like teachers and nurses. I still don't know how some of my best friends are teaching children and in charge of saving people's lives when I can barely fend for myself. 25 sounds like an age that you know shit. And to me, the number 25 felt like impending doom. I was jealous of everyone else around me, the people who I thought were sorted in life, and I just didn't even feel like an adult. And I'll be clear, I know I don't sound like one. I especially don't look like one, but I am. And I didn't understand how I got to this age. Ten-year-old me definitely thought I'd have a house, my dream career, and a kid. And even 15-year-old me thought I'd be midway through a career. An 18-year-old me definitely thought that 17 years worth of education would mean that at this point, I knew what I was doing. All of which, not the case. I just didn't feel equipped enough or responsible enough to do adult things. And as I had these preconceived ideas that I would feel and look like an adult doing adult things at this age, to get here and that not be the case was terrifying. And what didn't help? is that my boyfriend, Zach, makes YouTube videos for a living. And he's doing incredible things. Very proud of the boy. And my friends had badass jobs. They were saving lives. Leading their own teams. Running events. What the fuck am I doing with my life? I don't know what my future looks like. I don't know when I'll ever be able to afford a mortgage on a house. I don't know what I enjoy doing day to day. I don't know what job I want to be doing. 
I just wanted to find a purpose, I guess. I wanted to be passionate about something. I wanted to be fulfilled. I just didn't know what that something was. I need to not get sucked in my duvet and bury my feelings and not come out again. Because that did happen, many times. And I need to not slap on a smile and pretend that I was fine when inside, mentally breaking down. I just really didn't know how I got to 25 and was so clueless. And I think that's what made me worse, really. Because I really thought I should know what I was doing. And I really thought that I should have it figured out. And I just didn't know how to know all of those things. I didn't know how to get to that stage. I just wanted to not feel confused anymore. And I wanted to stop beating myself up about it. And stop feeling like I failed at life. I was having a crisis. And then I was like gaslighting that crisis. Fueling it. Making it even worse. All by myself. Okay, enough of the rambling. Anyway, should explain, I did drama and theatre at university, and then I trained to be an actor. So, you know, I guess this is all to be expected. And I worked in an escape room. The reason why I was working in an escape room was because I was very realistic of the fact that actors need to have other jobs. When I first started this job, I wanted to make sure that it would be a side hustle. Now, the reason why I wanted it to be clear is so that it never became my main hustle. But what happened? It became my main hustle. I worked 50 hours a week in a basement. So as soon as this crisis hit, everything else felt unmanageable. And I stopped going out as much. I often stayed in my duvet. And I ended up not doing anything else outside of my job. So in the very few days that I had off, I would end up doing nothing. I let the thoughts about my job and my career stop me from enjoying other parts of my life. And I hated it when people asked me what my job was. As an actor, who'd trained and paid all the members' fees, I felt like I'd kind of earned the right to say that I was an actor. But I always immediately regretted it because the next question was always, Oh cool, what have you been in? Or someone DM'd me once, saying, if you are an actor, in inverted commas, then what have you been in? Fuck. Nothing. Nothing you will have heard of, unless you count London Road Safety's Council video, or a few Lad Bible videos, a couple of short films that aren't out yet. And I thought a lot of my problems came down to acting or freelancing, but I was wrong before when I thought that everyone had their lives sorted, a lot of people were keeping their crisis or their problems to themselves and thinking that once they pay taxes, that's it. You've chosen your path in life and you have to stick to it. Even people I thought were okay were telling me they had the same problem. And this blew my mind that no one was talking about it. And there were other people who had great ideas but were too afraid or embarrassed of failure to do it or unsure of how to even start so just never doing it. And in large, this was me too. But what I'd forgotten is something very key that I'd learnt at drama school. It's okay to fail. Often, failure gives us the best life lessons. Why not go out and do that thing you've always wanted to do? And if you're sat here thinking... I'm not happy in my situation and I want to do something, but I don't know what it is. Go out and invest time in yourself and discovering what it is that you enjoy doing. Because if you don't try it, how will you know? And on the point of how to even start, 
starting is sometimes always the hardest point. And what I've learned from even doing this podcast is that if you don't know how to start something, there are many tutorials, videos, explanations on the internet. So don't let that be an excuse. There were people in my drama school that changed careers at the age of 50 and 60 and decided to join an institution to learn a new skill. That is incredible. When I first heard, I was literally blown away at the thought because I had never heard of anyone changing their careers halfway through their lives, especially after they had kids. But here were several people doing it very successfully. And that's incredible to be brave enough to be like, do you know what? The path I've chosen isn't for me. Or, do you know what? I've had a good run till now, but actually I'd like to try something different. And not fall down the trap of thinking, oh, I'm too old to do anything else now, so this is it for the rest of my life, I guess. This is incredibly cheesy. But we do only have one life, so why not make the most of it? Why not try something new or start a new business venture, join a club, start a new hobby? The path you chose at 15 or 16 doesn't need to define the rest of our lives. You don't need to settle because you think, well, this is what life is, I guess. The world is changing. There are so many badass parents out there. You don't need to get a job you hate for money to have children because it's the dumb thing. And I think this was another thing that I was afraid of. Getting old and hating life and becoming boring. So what have I learned? I guess what I realised was that life was only going to be as fun as I made it. And the fact that I was getting old wasn't going to change that. What I might like might change over time, but my goals and aspirations and thrive for new adventures shouldn't go with it. I needed to go out and explore what life had to offer me and stop worrying about not knowing what I was doing. I needed to remember that the bounds of what we can achieve is infinite. And again, it's not too late to choose a different path. 2530 is not too late to acknowledge that whatever path you have chose so far, if you don't like it, you can change it. I think it's also important to note that we shouldn't have the expectation that our job should bring us the overall happiness in our life. It doesn't need to be our main purpose. Do something outside of your job. And in my case, I should have at the time started looking for things to do outside of my job, like hobbies, a new business, classes, skills, because I didn't like my job. So I needed to find that purpose somewhere else. And it wasn't going to be easy. I needed to take time out to find what I'm good at or like doing. And I needed to remember to appreciate the little things. We're human and we're not always going to be happy 24-7. A friend actually recently told me that she started keeping a daily journal. And when she looked back on her whole week, she often found that she'd had a much better week than she'd remembered. Sometimes negative things in life just take over and you need to remember to appreciate the small things. And then a big one for me was stop comparing myself to others. And that came down to my friends, influencers, to my own boyfriend. Now, I'm one of those many people who decided to save all of their wages and go to Bali at some point last year. And what Bali taught me was a lot about Instagram versus reality. And that behind an image that you might see online, that person might not have always had the best time the most amazing adventure, but instead they might have destroyed places of natural beauty or queued for an hour and a half for a fake photograph. Hmm. Yes, somehow I ended up doing that last one. Didn't realise till we got there. There'll be more about that in a future podcast with Zach. But in the meantime, 
check out on Instagram, insta underscore wrecked, to see what I mean. And I'm guilty of posting too much online too. If you go on my Instagram, you'll see too many unnecessary pictures of me going to Bali. I'm still working on it. It's a very hard balance to find. I do try to be as honest as possible, but I think it's just important to note that before you catch yourself feeling bad about yourself or envious of something you see online, remember that it's quite often not reality. And it's a horrible habit you have to unlearn not comparing yourself to others. Just remember that we're all on our own journey and where you're at at 25 does not need to be the same as someone else. As soon as I stopped comparing myself to Zach and instead using what he's doing as a motivation, it was a huge mindset that really helped me. I would quite often make myself believe that Zach's success made me a failure. And that's quite a hard thing to admit, but it's a difficult thing not to let yourself do. And on that, I think people quite often, from Zach's position especially, think that a lot of it comes down to luck or things like that are handed to people on a plate. But normally, that's not the case. And I think we all do it. You see a self-made 21-year-old and you're like, oh, they're just very lucky or they got handed that. Zach did not get to where he is now because he sat on his ass. People now still comment on his videos asking if he's high because he has super red eyes because he stays up all night editing videos. He works incredibly hard and he gets results because of it. That's just the fact, I'm afraid. I mean, he's certainly not perfect, but he's doing something right. As soon as you stop comparing yourself to someone else, it's obvious, but you will feel better about yourself. And then you can use whatever you feel they're doing successfully as motivation to fuel your own work. I think sometimes we forget that we're in charge of our own happiness. Someone is not going to go out there and kick our butts for us, unfortunately. So we need to find whatever motivation works for us to get you up and do something about the way that you're feeling. And talking to people really helped me, whether that's friends or family or a therapist. I think there's a lot of stigma around therapy where people think it's not for them, but it is literally for everyone. Everyone needs therapy. Unfortunately, it's expensive, so it's not always available to all of us. But look at all your options and resources, because now in this modern age, there is a lot more out there for us than there ever has been. And I'm not normally one to share my problems. I'm a very happy-go-lucky, like to tell everyone else they're going to be okay. The sun doesn't ever stop shining, unless I'm a little bit hangry kind of person. But doing that did not help me whatsoever. It's so important to check in with yourself. Even if for you that means doing a bit of yoga or meditating, going on a walk, or even time away from your phone, just whatever works for you. And trying not to be too hard on myself during the rough days. For me, I've learned that sometimes it's good to let yourself have a down day, but just don't let that roll into the next day. Because at the time, I started getting in very savage moods, and then I would let them roll into each other, and that made me a lot worse. So I did eventually quit my job and it was a big deal because I could finally afford more than pasta and cheese and now I was quitting something without knowing really what I was walking into. Previous jobs I had were soul crushing like agency work and that's horrible because you only see them for one day so they think they can treat you like a pile of poop. But what I learned from quitting my job was that there was something out there for me and I wish I'd done it sooner. 
But hey, we all learn. Now I work with kids and I've picked up a few other jobs and I love them. I love having several jobs. I like what each one brings. Some people won't like that at all, but just discover what you will. No, this isn't the acting career that I want and I'm still working on that. But in the meantime, to pay my rent, I needed to find a side hustle that in the large part I enjoyed. I just have to keep reminding myself that life really is what I make of it. I'm still trying to do what I can in learning my craft in acting. I was nearly in my first play, but alas, coronavirus hit. That's okay. Hopefully there'll be another time. And I do still sometimes find myself under that duvet having a rough time, but I'm working on it. And on the note of coronavirus, I think it's important to mention that some people will be very productive during this time, whilst others will find it necessary to chill. Just do whatever works for you. Again, I'm trying not to compare myself to others. And raise each other up during this time. It's so easy to sit back and be jealous of other people and let that unexpected jealousy turn into hate. But the world does not need more hate. What it does need is more people to start looking out for their mental well-being and checking in with others, even when it doesn't look like they're struggling. And that's a big one. Not everyone who's struggling looks like they're struggling. And lastly, the education system. Now, I'm not going to go into it too much because there is a whole episode on it. But what I learned about the education system during this time is that the education system is not set up in a way that helps children identify their strengths or encourage them to discover their passions from a young age and start growing these skills. Instead, we all follow the same routine and regurgitate information in exams to get grades that make schools look good, which often leaves the majority of us confused in life after graduation and school. We're pushed through a system that teaches you nothing about outside life, and we're expected to know what we want to do by the end of it, which in turn makes us feel like the stupid ones for getting to 24 or 25 and feeling silently clueless. And some older generations wonder why we're such a fragile generation and mental health is down. Yes, opportunities are better than ever, but the education system has not changed with it. Life is so different from when my parents left school. Then hardly anyone went to uni and people were expected to get a job at 16. Which does, obviously, present itself with very different issues. But now we're forced into uni with unfathomable amounts of debt and still no idea what these new opportunities are that have developed. The basic premise of what school is, from my understanding, is that you go to school to learn skills, to get a job, to earn money, to survive. If that's the case, then why do so many of us leave not knowing what jobs there are available to us? I mean, I could tell you what my parents do and what public health service jobs there are, because I've witnessed them with my own eyes. Apart from that, subjects you're required to do, for example, history, science, English and maths, I couldn't tell you, after getting GCSEs in all of those subjects, and A-levels in two of them, what job you can get from them apart from a teacher. It's food for thought. But why it was a huge learning moment for me was that it made me comfortable with the fact that I don't have to have my shit together because the education system is just not set up that way. 
just for some reason, it's presented to people like it should have. So whilst we can't do anything about the past, we can take comfort and allow ourselves to discover in the now, which will be way harder because yes, people have bills to pay, etc. But it's not impossible. In the future episode I did with Sam, we expand on all of these points. And I just hope that we can fuel conversations so that things can change for future generations. And as I said before, I don't feel like an adult at all, but I am, in the eyes of the law. And yes, that means stressful things like bills, doing your washing, making sure you don't run out of loo roll, ironing. And what I find the most hard, not hanging out with friends as much because they're always busy, it's important to remember that being an adult also means that there are endless opportunities for me, that I am in control of what I do with my life. I can eat ice cream for breakfast. Ten-year-old me would be very excited. I mean, it's not a smart choice, but it's my choice to make all the same. It is liberating when you realise that being an adult is not as bad as you think. We have so much power to choose what paths we can take in life. So my goals for the rest of this podcast... That one, if you can resonate with anything I've said, you can know that you're not alone in what you feel. There's nothing like a bit of solidarity. And number two, now we've recognised it, we can start motivating each other to do something about the way that we're feeling and overcome this quarter-life or mid-life crisis together. Support each other in discovering things that we love, picking up new hobbies or skills, starting that side business, quitting jobs if we really want to, and finding something we enjoy. Or volunteering. You'll hear in another episode with a friend that she started volunteering and found that it gave her a huge purpose in life and really helped her during this crisis. So that's it. Thank you for listening. Now, I didn't come to these conclusions alone, so please check out the next few episodes to hear the conversations I had and other people's journeys. All people that I feel were very helpful for overcoming a quarter-life crisis, whether that's that I felt comfort in the fact that I knew some people were going through the same thing as me, or stories that gave me great motivation. I was buzzing after every conversation, if you can't tell, and it focused me to stop worrying about what hasn't happened and start working on what will. If you've had a quarter-life crisis, don't worry, I have too.